And that's why for me, which I'm going to talk through, is this inside-out approach is so, so important. And we don't attach our identity to that label, to the thing, but we use it as information. Hello, and welcome to Behind the Mother Mask. I'm your host, Annie Breen, registered nutritional therapist, master NLP practitioner, and transformational coach for exhausted mums who don't feel enough. My mission with this podcast is to lead with vulnerability by starting to lift the psychological mask you wear each day that protects you and others from the stuff that's hard to explain and talk about. It's about sharing from the middle, not just the open wounds or the healed scabs, but the messy middle. Let's go for honesty over perfection, because I believe when you transform yourself, you automatically transform your relationships and parenting by passing down wisdom, not wounds. So if you're up for that, you definitely don't need to do it alone. I'm here to lead you on what could be the greatest adventure of your life, behind the mother mask, back home to yourself. Hello, I hope you're well. Welcome to episode 19. We have officially passed the amount of episodes that I did with the BU Mum podcast, which was my first podcast. So, woohoo! And it took me like three years to do 19 episodes, can I just add? So, I've got to stop playing with my micro and I keep touching it, and that's where I go shh over the top. Anyway, so this is awesome. In 19 weeks, 19 episodes. Okay, little confession disclaimer. This was going to be a two-part, but it's actually going to be a three-part because last week I was talking about my ADHD journey and I didn't get my approach in because it would have been too long. I was rabbiting on for long enough. So this is going to be that and it's going to be juicy and good. And then next week will be what I did on my tests and bloody blah what I will just say and I hope I've tried to get this in the title as well this is not just an ADHD journey ADHD was part of this chapter of my health because it's something that I discovered it was a new learning a new discovery and like I said last week a new name for an old friend but actually what I'm talking about here is personal growth I'm talking about healing I'm talking about evolving. I'm talking about nervous system regulation, energy, stepping into your purpose, addressing unresolved traumas, really, because, you know, we're going down the matrix rabbit hole and looking at the root cause. We're not dancing around on the surface. And obviously, yes, the symptoms, the signposts, the labels, they're helpful in terms of literally being a signpost, but we're going on the full journey. So if you have not got ADHD, I just want to make this really clear. I know this is going to be really, really helpful if you feel lost like you're wearing that mask you're not being you you're almost being suffocated and you you know you're meant for more you want to step up you want your energy back you want you back you want to create the life you know you can off the soapbox I'm also in an attic and this is a 
beautiful thing about podcasts we can do it anywhere although I'm very aware that I think Dan can hear me um but I'm sat on a seat that kind of is like a slide so I keep sliding off it (laughs) which is a little bit funny but anyway so very quickly before we get into it what I what I would just say this I'm recording this on the 24th of October 2022 the reason I say that is I'm in real time and yes one day when my podcast is taking over the world I'm sure I will be organized and have banked episodes but right now I don't but I like that because I'm able to really talk in real time of what's going on right now and what I'm hearing is a lot of you are feeling the same which is a good thing because obviously this is reaching this podcast is reaching you the right people who can really resonate and be validated and benefit from this information so I'm really glad about that and honestly like some of the messages that slip into my dms is like I'm talking to a sister from another mister it's amazing Amazing, the similarities. So this is really, really great. So what I just want to say to you right now, because I'm hearing this a lot and I've experienced it. For some of you, it's half term now. For some, it'll be no, yeah, England's probably on half term this week, right? Scotland last week, but we're still they got a week and a half. So change in routine, visiting people. Maybe some of you are visiting family. Maybe that's your norm anyway. Maybe there's a lot going on. What I'm hearing is there's a lot of stuff coming up. It's almost like, and that's not just over this last week or two, but kind of post-pandemic, post-being ill, viral infections, so much going on in the world. (laughs) I mean, really, let's just put that to one side for now and focus on ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) I could run the country come on so there's there's a lot surfacing I'm hearing from people that there's a lot of layers it's almost like fuck I've done so much work and I've looked at this stuff and I've done my trauma work and I've done this therapy and that and it's almost like new layers and then to some of you this will be new so I'm really aware that I'm talking at different places or stages of your of your journey with this and that's that's great. So I'm hearing there's a lot of stuff coming up and reliving kind of parents' trauma and childhood shit. And what I also want to say is I'm not an astrologer, but I absolutely do take notice of what's going on in our environment and nature and the universe and astrology. I think it there's a huge relationship. And there is, we're Scorpio season, and I just literally was looking on Instagram. Apparently, this is going to be like a truth tsunami. <laughs> so sometimes when I think I'm going batshit bonkers, I'll look at Kirsty Gallagher's Instagram account, and it will confirm that I'm exactly right, that there is a lot of deep feels coming up. There's a lot of unnurtured parts, there's repeated patterns, and it's coming up for a reason, because it's an opportunity for us to look at that stuff so that we can and go to the next level new level new devil I'm going to talk about that in my approach it's supposed to come up even though it feels like shite and we're just coming into an eclipse aren't we so please do just an invitation you're not crazy you're not like the black sheep you're not the odd one out you're not the troublemaker or be a bloody troublemaker all right you know what I'm hearing you and the women I speak to are 
highly intelligent, highly enlightened. They know, they know the truth. And when they're around people that maybe have their own unresolved traumas and still living life through their childhood wound, it's really hard. It's really hard. So um, just a few quotes here that I think will just resonate because this could go on and on and on. And we could do another episode on it. But Gallet Atlas, I hope I got her name right. And I really want her on my podcast. Stop playing with your microphone, Annie. Sorry. <laughs> she says, and she's written the book, Inherited Emotions. What a good name. She says, in the end, it's the unexamined lives of our parents that we end up living. Boom. Just going to leave that there. And Glennon Dial says, and I absolutely love this for all us recovering or in action people pleasers who have always kind of abandoned ourselves in place of pleasing others because we don't want to be rejected or seen as being the bad one or whatever, the disruptive one. She says, your job throughout your entire life is to disappoint as many people as it takes to avoid disappointing yourself. Glennon Doyle. So if you're stuck between these two quotes, okay, Ramdas. Ramdas said this, so take it out with him. This is brilliant. And I think we get stuck between these two quotes. Listen to this. If you think you're enlightened, go spend a week with your family. <laughs> That's my favorite quote in the whole world. And he also says, I would like my life to be a statement of love and compassion. And where it isn't, that's where my work lies. I think we can get stuck, especially if you're ADHD, highly sensitive, highly empathic, highly intuitive. You know, you're a truth seeker. You feel the truth. You pick up on people's energies. Ultimately, your intention is good and you don't really deal with like the surface level shit and you can see beyond stuff and you're taking responsibility for your life even though it feels hard I think we get stuck between how can we be loving and compassionate and caring and kind and I always almost want to say obedient but uh, and how can we protect our enlightenedness <laughs> yes you get me so have a think about that and I think a lot of us are surrounded by people and another Ramdas quote who are too busy holding on to their unworthiness, i.e. living in that suffering, in that pain, in that victim mentality. And that is sad. And this is where the love and compassion comes in. But we need to respect that in order to have relationships and do things our way and model that to our children and what's healthy and allow our children to have these relationships and protect our energy, that we have to put in place boundaries, that we have to have a certain amount of distance, that we have to honor our needs in the process and not abandon ourselves. Um, let me know if that makes sense. It can feel tricky, right? Because sometimes we're carrying other people's emotions that are not ours to carry. Okay. And last quote from Ramdas. I love this. I can do nothing for you than work on myself and you can do nothing for me than work on yourself. I just felt like doing a really immature raspberry after that, but I didn't mean that. That's done with love. That's, sorry, I might get here to edit that out. Anyway. <laughs> you got to have a bit of fun. Did I say I wasn't feeling very well? I'm not, but I've perked up a little bit now. She got a bit hot. I was going to take my jump off, but I got nothing on underneath. 
So let's get into this then. So I'm going to go over my approach. It's not going to be too long. And then next week we'll go into like some of the tests and the science of what I did. Okay. I was going to touch on last week, the cycle of grief and I think growth and, you know, growth it is a cycle of growth, cycle of grief, cycle of growth. I think this is so, so important, especially around our kind of emotional immune system. I really love that, you know, that we're building resilience. And if I'm talking about ADHD, I'm talking about hypersensitivity, I'm talking about exhaustion, I'm talking about feeling overwhelmed and our nervous system being unregulated. I think this is really, really important. But also, if you have had a diagnosis, if you have found out about this stuff, maybe you're hearing about this for the first time, the ADHD, the PMDD, the, all these labels, the sensitivity, and you're resonating, you'll think, oh, shit, like this is the first time in my life I'm hearing this. It makes sense. And you start to look back. You start to look back down your timeline. And there can be quite a lot of grief. I think there's also a lot of grief in transgenerational trauma and these kind of patternings for maybe the upbringing you didn't have, the parents that you didn't have. And again, this is no blame or shame. It's said with compassion, but there can be quite a lot of grief the more you unearth and that's okay. Quite a lot of people get worried about doing this work and dare I say opening Pandora's box. I think that's probably a bad term because it's a self-discovery box because not because of what they might find, but because of the emotions attached to that doesn't feel nice. We want to avoid feeling grief and we want to feel more kind of acceptance and connection and joy. Okay. So the cycle of grief is the shock. So the first stage of it is the shock. And we need to think about this in terms of change as well and changing our health and the realization that we're meant for more and we're going to raise our standards. We're not going to settle anymore. And then there can be denial. This is a really interesting one. I think that's something like the denial element, especially with the ADHD. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I see it in a slightly different way. So I don't know if it's denial, but there can be a certain amount of resistance there, um, depending on what we're applying this to. Anger, like it's easy to get frustrated, frustrated with the world, frustrated with what you've been taught, what you've been told, the myth of normal, that normal doesn't work for us, the realization the government's not really there for our health. Um, you know, all of these things start to kind of come to light and become apparent as the fog lifts and you become more conscious to your needs. So there can be a certain degree of anger, systems that are not really in place to support us. And then number four, the fourth stage is the sadness, the loss, the kind of depression that, yeah, it's, it's the sadness, it's loss, it's that letting go. And I think this can also be letting go of the familiar patterns that don't serve us anymore, the emotions, letting go. And then we got the bargaining where we struggle to find the meaning what does this mean for me? I think that was what I 
felt straight away when I went through the ADHD process. What was I doing it for? What was I trying to find? What was I trying to prove to myself or whatever? What was I trying to find? And I think the struggle to find meaning. And that's why for me, which I'm going to talk through is this inside out approach is so, so important that we don't attach our identity to that label, to the thing, but we use it as information. Um, And then the next stage is the acceptance, exploring another way. I've talked about this before, and I think maybe I should do a podcast on it, but mission, that we want to get clear on our mission and our mini missions and what we're here to do, and we can change our approach. And sometimes the acceptance of what we're doing isn't working for us. Maybe it worked once upon a time, and now we need a different approach. And this is where we start to upset our normal and change our environment and our behavior patterns. And this is a lot easier if we start at the identity level, which is what I was talking about in a previous podcast so go check that one out so exploring another way that doesn't work for me so now I need to do things this way and obviously being part of a family and a unit and a dynamic it's not just about you so we have to navigate our relationship with others and how they're going to support us and see us and validate us and be with us on this journey that it's not just changing the picture for you it's changing the puzzle pieces for them too and then number seven is creating something new and I think this is so true that when we go through struggle, that is where we find our wisdom. It's where we find our strength. And if we can just be conscious of the emotions that come up in the cycle of grief or the cycle of growth, and that that's okay in each stage, offers us a stepping stone as part of that journey there's something to learn that we don't need to be scared or resist and that's okay also allow those feelings to come up but ultimately we want to move to that kind of new way that new approach and that feeds really nicely into what I'm going to talk about adopting a new belief adopting a new way forward writing a new story so I say that leads really nicely into what I'm going to talk about but what I've just realized I've done is I've just vomited a whole load of notes on the page so it's not like a beautiful step-by-step thing it's just a few thoughts and this is not my energized mother model it is certainly part of it um (laughs) but it is just Yes, it's a big part of my approach and I hope this will be helpful and it'll just get you thinking in a different way, a new way maybe, a new perspective. So I think if we're talking about ADHD, ADHD symptoms, nervous system deregulating, take your situation. If you're feeling overwhelmed, lost, stuck in cycles of despair, hormonal deregulation, take your situation now. And what I want you to think about is we need to have an individualized mind-body approach. And this is so, so important. And what I mean by that is your symptoms of ADHD or your symptoms of exhaustion or overwhelm might not be the same as mine. They might not have the same backstory. There might not be the same kind of causes that have led you to feel the way that you are now. And this is where we can literally shut down Dr. Google, that's not helpful, or this kind of generalized narrative or approaches, or take B6 for PMDD. Maybe you don't need B6. (laughs) And start to look at you as a person and your needs and from inside 
out. You know, we get very stuck on the results of our life, what is going on in our environment and our behavior. And we try and change our behavior first without looking at what is driving that, what is behind the behavior. We see things as we are, not as they are. So this is where I really love working at the identity level. And yes, of course, I do work on symptoms. The first thing I did back in the day was to deal with my inflammation because I didn't have the clarity in the headspace to even consider some of this stuff. Like it was just clouds. So I needed to clear the fog in order to go on this journey. So I think it's about being really realistic and doing it together. And it is doing it holistically, you know, the mind and the body are connected, the heart and the spirit as well. I like to think of those four kind of elements. And I love the expression of if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. That with that, we need different tools. We need to be open-minded to different things. But what I would also say here is different people and different approaches. You'll probably relate to me with this, but I've gone to therapy before and it, the therapy has been wonderful. You know, I've read up about it. Oh, yeah, sounds good. But the person, uh-uh, no. So it really is, it's the approach that person takes. It's not just about these tools and strategies. I do NLP, but no fucker does NLP like me. You know, we all, we bring our own experience. We bring our va-va-voom. We bring our creative edge to it. And I think that is really, really important. That's why I love working with mums, because I do think motherhood is a human upgrade. And I think we have the potential to change the world by being ourselves and living our life living to our purpose and breaking away from societal norms and that takes energy it takes courage but oh my god it's liberating on the other side so that's very much rooted in I'm living that I'm living that and yes I am educated I'm qualified but some of my greatest qualifications haven't come from a book or a course it's come from life experiences and obviously those things help me put all of that into some kind of context and strategy and tool that I can take you through but I just think that's really really important and to see it like I was talking about before it can feel like the the onion just keeps delaying that actually therapy isn't for sick fucked up people it's for people who want to honor their self-care and want to grow and want to be a better version of themselves and live their life differently. So if we see it as a normal part of our kind of self-care, that maybe, you know, on one chapter it is the talking element. Maybe it's the more somatic and working with the body. Maybe it's the nourishment and the nutrition. I think food is our medicine, which is why it's involved in everything that I do. Food was how I broke the cycle. Food is cycle-breaking behavior. If we can start to nourish our nervous system and give our body the information it needs, it can start to rewire a new way of being. Maybe it's Reiki, maybe it's energy healing, maybe it's you know chakra, yoga, all these different things. I love them all, like I've done so many. And I've learned something new from each thing. And it's been really exciting. So it doesn't mean you have to do it all. And I think it's just going and trusting the process but what I've gone off the tangent a little bit here looking at yourself as an individual and looking at yourself holistically how you're expressing yourself across every aspect of your life what is going on in your body that is affecting your nervous system and your mind and vice versa and working at the identity level really important you know I do a lot of work around gut health the gut brain connection and we are more bug than we are human 
from a genetic point of view. So it's so important to honor that. Trauma responses is the next bit. So as well as the kind of individual approach, trauma, when we're looking, energy is what we want, right? We want to be our most energized self and we want to be able to know how to get our energy back and navigate hard situations and avoid burnout. But when we do become tired and burnt out, we know how to replenish and yes, get our energy back. Trauma is a huge drain on our energy because it's normally this unresolved hidden kind of fire that smolders away that takes up a lot of our resources because it changes what we believe about ourselves. and if we believe we're not enough and we're broken and we're inadequate in some way and we get stuck in our emotional state of overwhelm that is a very draining emotional state and place to be like I said we see things as we are so we tend to view life through that lens as well and we everything will meet or validate our beliefs about ourselves. and that's an exhausting place to be if you're walking around on edge feeling rejected worried about what people think fear of judgment feel like you're going to get it wrong all the time like you can never kind of get it right you're not enough, that kind of thing. That is exhausting. And Gabor Mate said this is a, with ADHD in mind, a prime example of how the adult continues to struggle with unresolved problems from childhood. So it's almost like he says that you get stuck at the age you were when the developmental trauma kind of happened. And I see that with people that have been through big bang traumas as well. They get stuck at that age. And then how they're navigating life and difficult, whether that's daily challenges or big difficult situations, they tend to be better in crises than the daily kind of tasks that we have to deal with and the daily problems is actually being dealt with from that age, whether that's 10, 12, 13, whenever that happened. So I think that's so, so interesting. And Oprah Winfrey said, unless you fix the trauma that caused you to be the way you are, you're working on the wrong thing. So that's why that's a really big part. And I think a lot of people don't realize they have trauma and a lot of people do not understand what it is. And a really kind of concise definition, although it's much more than this, is trauma is the severing of an emotional connection that makes you feel safe. And there's so many people going around not feeling safe in their bodies, not feeling safe in their mind, and they're catastrophizing and they're second guessing themselves and they're doubting themselves, which you can see can take a lot of your energy and it almost dictates, it's it's the past events almost dictating the future. Okay, so really important trauma work. And then cognitive breakthroughs versus embodied breakthroughs. I think this is so, so important. ADHD is not a problem with knowing what to do, but doing what you know. (laughs) How many of you are like me and like are just pathological note takers? taking notes and taking action Annie are two different things and I think this is so so true that we can understand things logically and from cognitive point of view but it's how we then embody that and what I mean by that and this is why the mind-body approach is so important we need to teach the nervous system what it feels like to feel joy to feel calm to feel peace to feel fulfillment to feel confidence if we're so used to feeling lack and scarcity and overwhelm and anxiety we need to rewrite 
in that story, we need to reprogram the nervous system and we need to behave in a way that proves to the body we're not going to be eaten by the hypothetical tiger or the safari park, as I like to call it in motherhood. It's not just one. This is so important. And I think what can happen here is that you can be very, very aware of your patterns and your needs and your trauma responses, but it's how you then take the action to change that a cognitive breakthrough and it's very much talking about the mind lasts about 30 seconds but if you are able to continuously embody these aha moments that is lasting this is where we start to get that those lasting results we're changing who we are or we're becoming who we truly can be and I call this the kind of if we're just always having these aha moments and we're taking notes, but we're not embodying it, we're not taking action. It, that is the finding Dory effect in a way. <laughs> because we forget, it only lasts 30 seconds. And then we're like, oh, I didn't, I forgot that I learned that thing because he didn't embody it. And another way that I describe this, it's almost being paralyzed by your own enlightenment. <laughs> that you're not moving forward you're not moving to the next level you feel like this stuff keeps coming up it's cycling around but you know so much you know so much um and it is doing the same thing and expecting a different result so i think this is really important and this is a big part of my work is helping you embody that embody that change and I, talk, I spoke about it last week. It can be hard if you've got a negativity bias and you find it really hard to relax and give yourself that downtime and that solitude. Sometimes that takes energy and effort to do those tasks that actually are more relaxing and should relieve kind of stress. But we need to make the conscious effort to do that. Otherwise, we can just get stuck in the overwhelming behaviors of just keeping going. All right. Next point. Mentioned it before. My absolute new best phrase ever is new level, new devil. If you are listening to this, and can I tell you this now? 2020 into now, it's almost like the therapist. If you are a helper, if you are a therapist or a coach, or you work with helping people in some way or another, it's almost like the therapist became the client. This is what I felt. That it has forced us to look at ourselves, the changes in, in, in the world and the impact of that. It's really kind of made us look at our beliefs and our values and how we want our life to be. We don't want to go back to our pre-pandemic life, but we're still struggling with the confidence and clarity and maybe the roadblocks we put in place of creating the life we want. Let me know if you can relate to that. So it's understanding that when we give ourselves permission to take a step to the next level if you're at the beginning of your journey that might just be working with a coach to address your energy and trauma and find yourself not just about this that's a huge thing to do but there are lots of gremlins that are going to come up for you saying you can't do that you can't afford it or you're selfish or you're gonna like sacrifice stuff take away from your kids or open Pandora's box, all these kind of fear gremlins are going to come up. Same with if you decide to go for a change of career or change of lifestyle, there's going to be so many kind of dream destroying thoughts and blocks that come up and they do not belong in the body. We need to look at them and then release them, but understand that 
them first because they can give you a lot of information. I always say never let go of anything until you know why you held on to it in the first place. So new level, new devil, this stuff comes up because it's there to help us build that nervous system flexibility so we can up level to the next level. It's there to help us build resilience and that bounce back ability. It's there to help us expand ourselves because there's a lesson in everything. Our magic is in our mess. We need to look at this stuff. Okay, next bit, and I'm nearly there, by the way, I didn't check the time again, is the lone wolf mentality. How many of you and us think that we have to do everything alone? How many of us feel alone? Like we're not really understood by others. We're a little bit different, you know, attention dialed into a higher dimension, ADHD. (laughs) We're on a different planet in a very good way, because what I've learned from this process so far is it's not us that's crazy, it's the rest of the world that's batshit bonkers. All right, take that with you. Um, But we're lone wolves. We try and do everything in our business, and it gets to the point where everything is reliant on us, and if we stop or get ill or want to take a holiday, everything else does. So I think this is really important when it comes to getting to the next level in your life. We really need support and we need the right support. And it goes back to what I was saying is choosing the right person who you can really resonate with and getting the right emotional support. But also and obviously, what's the word? professional you know they have to have the right tools that you need right now in this stage of your journey, but also accountability. This is what I love about my coaching and when I'm working one-to-one and I can really go deep into this work is that I can hold your hand. And this is how I like to work as, as well, is that you've got someone that you can talk to as this stuff is coming up and you've got someone that can help you navigate and learn through it and move through it. And it's priceless. Like it's just so priceless. Maybe it's not about that. Maybe it's about having a more open, honest conversation with your partner about having more support, being validated with how you're feeling. Maybe it's around parenting. Maybe it's around the house and the more practical jobs and this side of things. But just be aware of where you're lone wolfing it. And the next thing is purpose in life is the anecdote. This is where I'm at at the moment. And I will talk very briefly about my vision board. So really, it was creating your best year ever. And it was Helena Holdricks that I did it with. I also do a whole module on vision setting. And I do it from a, I love vision boards. And there's a, I'm not a professional on that, but I'm much more clearer now how you do it. But I like leading people through it from a visualization point of view as well, where we literally create your future and we can connect with future you and get advice from you in the future how cool is that but what we tend to do just bringing it back to really simple terms we focus on what we don't want and we don't focus on what we want because for so many reasons these are normally the limiting beliefs that we need to address that we don't allow ourselves to dream we don't want to be disappointed so we don't go there we don't set our standards too high to avoid disappointment we don't think that is accessible for us that's not for us well we can't afford it we kind of put all these barriers up before we've even tried and what tends to happen then is we start looping around trauma island and trauma responses so what I really like to do is to look at energy as being everything and energy as being the main 
goal. That's what we're trying to do. And we know that energy isn't just about the physical. Emotions are energy and motion. So it's how we manage our emotional state. And we look at what is taking our energy. And this is where we really come to trauma and previous experiences, whether that's big bang events or small T events that has changed how we feel about ourselves. This thing happened once and it made me think this. And then over our life, we build a story around that until we've turned it into a fact. We are useless. We are broken. We are not enough. We're not loved. And we build our behaviors around that. So then we can really work at that level. Then we can start to find out who we are. Cue next pillar, identity then we can start to really understand ourselves, our own individual needs and what we need in mind and body to feel well. But here's where the vision comes in because we don't just want to feel fucking well, do we? We don't just want to manage our symptoms and be like, okay, surviving. We want to step up. We want to raise our standards. We want to live a vital, um, energetic, purposeful life and we want to show our children how to do that we want to model that and for many of the people I work with this is quite simple about nature and healing and helping and health and the natural stuff that our modern life has taken us away from so that's where it all fits if we don't have that compass that postcode to where we're going we loop around old patterns and that's why we need to have that compelling future even though that can feel really hard when you're stuck in overwhelm and exhaustion and inflammation we need to address those things so you can see you can you clear the clouds and see but we need to be able to have that focus and we can build on that we can build that big and we can build practical steps into that that's our mini missions so it's so so important to have that and Mastin Kip talks about this as manifesting is the encounter between your unlimited potential and your nervous system fuck yeah and it's the small goals in between that take us to that you know we want to reduce the overwhelm but fuck we dreaming is a form of planning I'm swearing a lot because this is huge and this is I'll share you my vision board another time I'll, I'll put it on Instagram so you can see it And then just the last point really here is thinking about, you know, Gabor Mate said this, that we're not mental, we're not crazy. It's actually the environment and the culture and, you know, transgenerational trauma and all these kind of imprinting and things that we've adapted to. And actually they're healthy coping mechanisms. But what we need to look at is they become unhealthy when we're trying to fit into a box and a world that is not meant for us. So we need to break the rules. We need to go against the tide. We need to go to the beat of our own rhythm and upset our normal and create the world that we want. And this is where the purpose and the focus and the vision comes in. What is that? What does that look like? Because that takes courage, it takes confidence, it takes energy, but it is very liberating as well. So I hope that has been helpful. That is very much my approach and just some things to think about. And just off the back of Helena's workshop, a few things she's left me thinking about. I actually did this when I was with her, but I'm going to leave it with you. But start with a strong intention. If you don't know where to start, and we can be talking about your day, or your vision setting, or your life, or whatever, or just the day, start with a strong intention. Intention removes doubt, and intention placed strongly leaves only room for joy. And especially at the moment when all this stuff is coming up, listen to yourself, give yourself space to listen to yourself, trust yourself. Another thing is we write ourselves off too easily. 
be willing to bet on yourself. I can't tell you how many therapists and people helpers I've come across who write themselves off that this isn't possible for me. This isn't there for me. This isn't accessible for me. That Be willing to bet on yourself and be willing to choose yourself. You get to choose. I think this is so important. Set a strong intention. Remind yourself that you get to choose. You can restart the day at any point. This is what Helena said, and I love that. And be willing to bet on yourself. My mantra from that workshop was I just trust my choices. And I think if you are ADHD or you can relate to me that I'm not saying to take that mantra, maybe that's not for you, but have a think about that. Trust yourself. You trust your choices. You're not crazy. These are coming from your intuition, your instinct. And one thing she got me to do, and I'm just going to leave this with you. She went into this exercise quite deeply. So I'm just going to leave this as an idea, but we had to write down our achievements from the past 18 months or two years. I did it for two years. Do that because we don't reflect enough on the stuff that we've actually come through, but write down your achievements for the last two years. And then you have to write down, or she got us to do this. I'm not inviting you to do this. How did you create those achievements? I actually didn't know. I was like, I don't fucking know that just happened, which is bullshit because I did take an active role in them. But when, <laughs> when you actually do break it down, you start to see the recipe. You start to see the recipe for the strategy. So how did you create those achievements? Maybe it was a quality, maybe it was a value, maybe it was emotion, maybe you were determined, you had the courage, you took the risk, you had a plan, you, whatever it was, you had help, you had support. How did you do it? Now, here's the really interesting bit. Write down after that your disappointments. So your disappointments from the last two years and how did you create them? How did you create your disappointments? This is really owning your role, but what you'll probably see is that you're not responsible for other people's shit. That that um, came up for me. But write it down. Disappointments and how did you create them? And then I'll leave you with one final question because I love this. I love this NLP question. What are you pretending not to know about your situation or problem? because we know we have the insight it's in there yeah what are you pretending not to know interesting okay i hope this has been helpful i hope that's just given you some food for thought and new perspective and if you need help as always just give me a shout this is my work this is what i love to do and i love to hear from you so let me know what you thought of this episode has it been helpful and i'm really hoping i'll be back next week with part three where i go deeper into the science and what i found and what i'm doing okay have a great week remember new level new devil be kind to yourself listen to yourself trust yourself see you next week <laughs>